Praise the Lord. Let's be on our seat. Let's sit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to thank God for this opportunity and also the leadership of the fellowship to be able to bring the word to us. So let's pray. Father Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to be gathered before you and before your people. Thank you, Father, for you inhabit this place. Thank you for you have touched us in ways that we can never imagine. But even as your word come, we ask, O oh God, that it will refresh us, that it will revive us, that it will touch us at the point of our needs. We just pray that it will come with power and grace. We give you all the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So today I'm going to be discussing on a topic and uh, still in everything that we've been talking about throughout the year and that is um, so my topic is shining in darkness shining in darkness that's my topic for today if you're writing shining in darkness and we live in a world that is full of darkness we live uh, in a world that is full of dark ideologies we live in a world that is full of many things and and strange things are happening day by day new things come to us and sometimes we don't know how to deal with these things we don't know how to uh, handle these things so my aim today is to uh, try to get you to understand that you need to look at life in a different perspective you need to see life in a, in a different perspective your outlooks to situation need to be different uh, you need to understand the power that you possess. You need to understand that the ability that is in you and the deposit of God in your life. So that's my aim today. Uh, and we're going to be looking at this psalm. Uh, psalm 137. I know somebody will be thinking, why am I always going to the Old Testament? I'm always very fascinated by... Uh, the Old Testament. I'm somebody who have enjoyed it. I have seen God in the Old Testament. If you have not seen it, I'm seeing him every day. And uh, there's something special about seeing that God is, he has done something in the past. He has accomplished something in the past that we see in the New Testament. Praise God. And then he said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat, here we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hung our harps upon the willows of the mist, in the midst of it. For those who carried us away captive, asked us for a song, and those who plundered us, let my requested, right, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, Rustle it, rustle it. It is very, to it, very, 
foundation, O daughters of Babylon, who are you to be destroyed? Happy the one who, rep who repays you as you have served us. Happy is the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. Praise God. So this is what we are going to be looking at. And, and like I said, my topic is shining in darkness. Shining in darkness. And this psalm is, is, is from... Uh, is from is from the, the early part of, of the scriptures. We look at books like uh, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. He, he said that the children of Israel were going to go to exile if they do not repent, if they do not serve God, if they don't uh, repent and forsake their evil ways and pursue God. And what time and time again, we see that these people, they always would go back to the same thing that God is wanting them to stay away from. And so the ultimate thing God did to them was to carry them away to Babylon, to carry them away from their homeland, to take them away, far away from what is comfortable, what is good for them. And uh, they have been besieged. The king of Babylon has besieged them and has requested them that they have to pay tax to him. They are supposed to be paying him. And, and Jehoiakim rebelled against him. He doesn't want to pay that tax. He doesn't want to be under... Uh, the worship of King Nebuchadnezzar and he, he sought help from different nations. He sought help from Egypt that they will come and gather forces and fight against this man that want to ruin their life, that want them to be paying all the time. And so but when that happened, when he sought help King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar came and killed him. He killed him and killed his children and took captive. He took a lot of people away from their, from their land, from Jerusalem and he took them to Babylon. And he made Zedekiah king over, uh, over Israel, and, and he, he said to them to, he said to him to oversee uh, the affairs of the people of God. And so this man also was there. He, he saw what happened to Jehoiakim, but him, after nine years, refused, this, refused to pay tax again. He rebelled against. Uh, and he rebelled because they, they were false prophets in the land, and they told him that you would prevail. They, they were just advising him that God will not punish you if you do not repent, things like that. And all of them were, he was influenced by false prophets to go against the counsel of Jeremiah. We see that in Jeremiah and for Second Kings. Uh, Second Kings, the chapter 20, 24 to 25. He rebelled against what Jeremiah was saying. They even put Jeremiah in prison. They put him in stock. So many things. They did so many things uh, to Jeremiah because he was speaking the truth. He was warning the people uh, that they will go into exile if they do not repent. And so this man, he rebelled against him again. And this time, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had it all. He doesn't want to deal with this anymore. So he came and took everything. He killed his children before him. He plucked out their eyes. So many evil things that he did to the king, and he carried all of them. Majority of the Jews were taken as captive. They went into captivity, and it was just the poorest people that they were left in, in uh, at home then. So we see here from this psalm, it, it talks about their experience. It talks about the things they were, they, are, they were going through when they were going to Babylon. On their way to Babylon, when they took them captive, this is their experience. And Jerusalem has been laid wasted. Nothing is happening here. The temple that they rely on, the temple that they go to pray, has been destroyed and houses were bound with fire. Most of the majority of the Jews were taken into captive. So we see that Jerusalem is ruined. There's nothing uh, there again. The first time they came, Jehoiakim, when they took him, they didn't take everybody. But this time around, when King uh, Zedekiah rebelled against uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar, everything was taken away from them. And no, nothing was left in This place in is Jerusalem. known to be a place where Abraham uh, wanted to sacrifice the, his, his uh, son. And he was known to be the, uh, the, the head of Judaism. There is so much history, there is so much things in this place. Taken away from a place that uh, they have relied on for years. So the people of promise have been taken into captivity. You know, initially, uh, when we look at the, when we look at Ahab, sorry, not Ahab, uh, this prophet, the one that um, Samuel was under, Eli. So when when the Ark of Covenant was taken, we saw that he fell down from his seat, and that's how he died. But now, which one is worse? The people of the covenant has been taken away, and the temple itself has been destroyed. Everything is taken away from these people. So the question that I have here is, what is what is your Jerusalem? What is the place of peace for you? What is the place of stability for you? What is the center of your religion? What is the center of your life? What is it that if it's taken away from you, you would probably sit like these people by the road and cry and remember the glories that you had. And so by the rivers of, of Babylon, they sat there and they wept. They sat there and they remembered the loved ones that they have lost. They sat there and they remember that everything that they had taken away. There is no more ownership. They don't own anything again. People that were free all of a sudden became slaves. The great city has been destroyed. The temple that they go to worship God, everything uh, has been destroyed. The agony they are facing, going through this, you know, if, if they're carrying slaves or they're carrying people into captive, you will not be walking majestically. Uh, is, is a gruesome journey to, to go about. So these people are, are, are crying and are weeping over the things they have lost. They are crying over the, the, the cruelty of those who carry them. Because we know that the Babylonians are not people that were pleasant or people that would give them any chance to do anything. Things they have lost. They are weeping over the blessings they have had in the past. They are, weep, they are weeping over uh, the nature or they, which they were weeping over the unknown future that they have. They are weeping over many things. And so they sat down by the rivers of Babylon. This is their, their way to captivity. They sat down there and they wept. They wept over the sins that they have invited. And, and we see that in the Old Testament where God will tell them, if you do not come to me, if you do not follow my ways, I'm going to cause a nation that is greater than you to come and invade you and take you away. So they, they, they sit by this river and they are thinking about these many things. Oh, how would, how would I have done things differently? This would not have happened to us. If we listen to what Jeremiah was saying, this would not have happened to us. So, so they wept when they remembered Zion. They wept when they remembered that we no longer have a place of worship. We no longer have a home again. We no longer have a religious place. A place that connected us to our maker. They felt like people who were disconnected from God. And sometimes that's the way our situations are. Something happens to you, you lose, you lose a loved one, or things are not working the way uh, it should be. Sometimes it feels like God is far away from you. It feels that things are not happening the way it should happen. They have lost the place of peace because it's known by the name is the city of peace. With these many things that are happening to it, the, the, the laws and... and the Jews and everything that has happened, the Roman laws and, and there were so many religions in it. But it was a place that people knew as a place of peace where you can come and find safety. 
it is a place of bread. It's a place where they come to eat. It's a place where they come to find refreshment for their souls. He said, for those who carried us away, with all this thing that is going through their minds, just imagine thinking about loss. They have lost so many people. They have lost everything they have. They have lost the place that connected them to God. And so some people are demanding them. He said, for those who carried us captive, ask us for a song. How ironic is that? That you're weeping, that your life is just not right, and they're asking you to sing. They're asking you to sing a song. It could be out of mockery. It could be out of we want to get entertained or things like that. He said, the people that plundered us requested us of me, saying, sing to us one of the songs of Zion. So these people understood that these people were people of songs. They were people that sang to the Lord. They were people that had music. They were people that praised God. They understand something about worship. They understand that these people are connected to their maker by worship. And so they requested them uh, for a song. But these people are exhausted. They, were, they are tired. They cannot, they, they are, they, they can't, the last thing they want to do is to sing. The last thing that they want to see, they want to do is, is sing. They say, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So they're asking themselves, temple has been destroyed. Things are scattered. How can we sing the Lord's song? Because to sing the Lord's song, it means that you are connected. You know, you come to the temple. You come to a place of worship. You come to a, a physical place where you come to worship. So to them, it's not possible for them to sing. It's not possible for them to sing anything to God because they, they feel that they have been removed from the place of worship. They feel they have been removed from a place of worship. They feel that their life is going in a direction that I cannot worship God. In this circumstance, I cannot, I cannot sing to God. I cannot even declare the words of God. And so I, I looked at what, what music is. I tried to find out what does, what does, what, how, how does music affect people? Why are these people uh, demanding songs from them? And so some of the things I saw in the internet is that music has a has brings, sorry, music brings people together in a powerful way. So music brings people together. Uh, people that watch uh, the, the Champions League finals. Uh, people that were in the stadium, they always play music for them. If you are in basketball games or things like that, they, there's always music in the background. People that go to workouts, there's music there to help them to continue to work out. Music has a way of making people unite together. It brings people together. If you go out of this place and you start playing songs, you start playing music, you discover that a Turkish person will come and join you. People that you never imagine will speak to you on a normal day, but because of songs, because of music, they will come together like that. So music has a powerful way to bring people together. right? It creates a sense of unity uh, between people. And so for the, for the medical people, say it, it releases a what they call uh, dopamine, which is a good, that is a feel-good neurotransmitter. So it's, it's something it's something that it releases something in you that that makes you feel good about yourself. So when you play a song, you you feel good, you feel all right, you feel very much in tune. So it also says that that music has a way of affecting your physical state. That sometimes music has a way of of affecting your outlook to life. So music helps you to walk out. It helps you to calm down. It helps you, it energizes people, right? It, affect, it affects people even like mentally. It affects your personal health. So th there's something again that they call uh, music therapy. So this, this is what we used to 
they use it for is an effective way to treat they use it to treat like depression anxiety so music has that effect even in that light to help you with anxiety to reduce the burdens in your heart so it also it, 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 uh, i saw a place that you said it also helps to 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 reduce your blood pressure so if you're somebody that has serious blood pressure that music has a way of bringing it down right so some of you can start i don't know how many people have blood pressure here high blood pressure. <laughs> you can start listening to some songs that will help you. So they said it has a way of boosting your immune system. So it helps people with uh, who are feeling a wide range of emotions. People that are feeling from sad to happiness. Music uh, provides an outlet where you can pour out. You see people sometimes they, are, they listen to music and they are crying. And this is their way of expressing themselves because they cannot they cannot articulate how they feel. So music helps them and they cry and then they express themselves and they feel very much relief. So he says music simulates people, uh, simulates your brain to learn better. So some people listen to music when they read and it helps them be able to, it improves memory. Some people listen to music when they read and that helps them concentrate. Uh, so music is a, is a universal, people and everybody understands music. Wherever you are, wherever country you are, there's no country that there's no music. There's no country that people are, they don't have songs. Music, pe- everybody understand what it is. Everybody understand what it is. So I also saw something in, in relating to, to Christians, and he said that music is first of all to God and second to each other. Music should communicate and express a sense of uh, awe and wonder in the presence of God. It should lead our thought towards God rather than towards ourselves. So these are the things that music is able to do, right? And these people have these so many things in their life, and they're asking them to sing. They're asking them to sing the long song in the foreign land, and they're going through these many things. So my question is, have, have you been in a, in, a, in a difficult environment? Have you been in a foreign place? Have you been in a foreign place in your mind? Have you been in a foreign place in, in your environment? Maybe Cyprus is a foreign place to you. You come and then you don't understand anything that is happening here. So a strange place or a foreign place is a place where you're constantly in danger. A place where there's always danger. A place where you lack. Is no, you don't, you're not able to provide for yourself. You're not able to meet your needs. A place where you lack freedom, a depressed mind, is a foreign place, is a foreign land. And strange things happen in, in, in foreign places. And I don't know what is happening in your life as an individual. I don't understand what, I don't know what exactly is it that you're going through. I don't know what situation that you will have to deal with. Is it that your father has left your family and uh, maybe your mother mother has abandoned the home? Your school fees is not paid. Everybody's feeling the the, the, the price of things. Fuel is increasing for those who are driving. Uh, You cannot buy as much food as you want to buy. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of strange things that is happening from almost less than a year like life has been different 
by last year you could afford some things last year there were things that uh, were you depending on your control you are able to to do so many things money is no longer coming into your hand like you have broken relationship there is so many things that are happening and the devil is shooting new arrows these 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 new things that he's doing so strange things are happen strange things happen in the foreign land and so when these people ask them, sing us the song, sing us a Lord song, sing us one of those songs of Zion, sing us that thing you used to sing, sing us that thing that we know that is accustomed to you. They're not asking them to sing a song that, you know, these people are very aware of who these people are. The devil is very aware of who you are. Right? The evil in the world, the darkness in the world is very aware of who you are. They understand exactly who you are, what you believe, what you're doing, what you have been doing. And there it is asking them, sing us that song you used to sing. Right? Are you somebody who is who cannot sing in the place of trouble? He says, sing us that song now. You used to sing it. It's a place where we, people go there every year to go and have the Passover. So many things happen there. There's big occasions. So I'm asking you to do the things that you're doing before. I'm asking you to do that thing that is familiar to you. I'm asking you to do the things that you used to do when you had freedom. So what did they do? He said they hang their hubs in willow's trees. The things that they used to blow as part of the things they used to sing, they, as they were going, they hang them on trees. He said, we're done with music. We're finished this music. There's, no, there's nothing that is, there's, no, there's, not, there's nothing to be joyful about. There's nothing to be happy about. My life is not going the, the way I should, it should go. So there's nothing to be happy about. There's nothing interesting about this life. There's nothing interesting about where I am right now there's nothing interesting about my state of life there's nothing interesting about my family there's nothing interesting about my school i'm not able to cater for myself there's so many things that i'm happening i'm going through depression there's nothing that is happening so i'm going to hang my music i'm going to carry my song and leave it somewhere and this is exactly what they did they hang their the things that they used to sing on trees So my question is, have circumstances stolen your song from you? As, as the things that are happening right now, in the past five months, in the past year, has those things stolen the songs from your heart? Are you somebody who is very joyful? I used to tell people that when I was small, I used to smile a lot. I, I, still, do, I still smile, right? <laughs> but like, when I was really small, I know that, you know, but you know, adult, adult could happen on So have, have the circumstance of life stolen your music away? Have you hanged your worship on trees? Have you left it? Say, you know what, I'm done with this life. I've finished everything that is joyful. I'm just going to live by it. You know, this adulthood is a scam. I saw a song uh, <laughs> some days ago. <laughs> so there's nothing to be joyful about. I'm going to leave my songs. There's nothing to be joyful about. My family is broken. There's nothing happening. I cannot trust anybody. There's nothing, there's nothing to be joyful about. So I'm going to hang my songs. And the question is, are you a situational worshiper? Somebody who is a situation. And we see that this is clear for, the, for these people. They can only sing when there's things that are happening. They have, they have hung their music away. Are you somebody who is like, you know, I don't want to name somebody in my team. <laughs> so, but somebody in my team, I know that Sometimes you don't understand them. It's like, 
Today they are happy, tomorrow they are unhappy. So many things like that. And the things that actually make them happy that I know. Right? So are you somebody who is a situational worshiper? When money just lands in your account, people will not understand your dance in this church. Like you can dance from here, move around. Nobody will understand anything that is happening. You will just be smiling, greeting everybody. And then the next week or something, somebody sees what's, what's going on. Say, eh, I don't know. What's happening to you? I don't know. So I came here to encourage us that let situations don't steal our songs from us. It is where your power lies. It is something that the devil does not understand. It is the thing that shocked the devil. That people are able to sing in the midst of trouble. There's something I was thinking about uh, some time ago about peace or the, the state of mind that to have peace. And, and if the, the way I wanted to start it is that I've been in more trouble as a Christian than, than when I was not a Christian. Like I've been in more trouble. My life has been more miserable. There's been serious problems in my life, right? Real problems. As a Christian. And there was really no trouble when I was not a Christian. There was there was really not a lot going on. So but we do not we our lives are not defined by those things. We have a different outlook to life. We have different there's a way we see life. Life is different for us. So you, you will wonder, do, do, do people actually have problems? Or maybe you see Pastor Costin shouting up and down. Maybe you should ask him what is going on in his life. Maybe he, he dares to tell you some of the things. You will discover that you do not let circumstance dictate what happens to you. You do not let the devil win on every aspect now. If he feels he's winning in this part, there's a part that he cannot win. And the part you're winning can conquer the part he feels he's winning. Are you somebody who is happy in good times? When things are happening, you're just happy. Well, in, in bad times, nobody understands you. We saw that Jesus, he sang when before the cross, in the Passover, the, the night before he was crucified. And then Mark chapter, we see that in Mark chapter 14, verse 26. He said, when they have, he said, and when they have sang a hymn, uh, they went to the Mount of Olives. So this is the, the, the night that he will be betrayed. This is the night that he will be taken away. And they were singing hymns. Like who, who does that? There's a lot of crazy people that would think. And he knows that this is what is going to happen to him. But he goes on and, and he sang. And we also see in Psalm 104 verse 33. He says, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. He says, I will sing to, my, to the Lord all my life. He's not saying I will sing to the Lord when things are happening. Good. I will sing to the Lord. I will worship God when things are good. I will praise his name. I will declare his word when things are happening. Good. And this is David singing. If you, if you know anything about the life of David. It's where his children were after him. The person before him was after him. There's so many things that are happening in his life. And he's saying that I will sing to the Lord all my life. Now understand that circumstance does not dictate how much you worship God. Or your outlook to worship do you know that God does not sleep nor slumber? The thing that is happening to you, it's not that God slept and it happened to you. He does not sleep and he does not slumber. The thing that is, is, has, has broken your heart, it's not that God forgot about you. He does not know that you exist. He is there. 
He did not sleep, nor did he slumber. And those things happen to you. So what worship and music does is that it breaks down the barriers that are standing in front of you. It has the ability to break things down. And we saw that in Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 16, verse 25 and 28. And so we saw here that Paul and Silas were in prison. People in prison, they were in stock and everything. And they started singing to the Lord. They started singing. They started singing to God. And what happened? The building began to shake. There was an earthquake. The song that they sang, the things that they were doing in trouble, resulted in things shaking. It resulted in situation breaking down. It resulted in their in their chains breaking. It resulted in their in the prison breaking. It, it resulted into an earthquake. It is the thing that made people people and people saw them. See so the prisoners were looking at them. They were looking at this. Why are they singing? Who is in prison and is singing? There's only somebody. You know they they are thinking it's only he that has hope. That's the person that's singing. He that feels that there's something you know something good is coming tomorrow. I will begin to be happy today. And so we also look at the situation of the walls of, of, of Jericho. I say when, and that is in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20 to 21. He, saw, he said, this is according to the command that they, they were given. He said, so the people shouted when the trumpet, when the priest blew the trumpet. And it happened when the people had the sound of the prophet, sorry, of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat because of worship, because of singing, because of constantly looking at some things differently. The walls of Jericho fell down flat. He said the people went up to, into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed all the things, all that was in the city, both men and women, young and old, ox and sheep and, donkey, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. Because of singing, it, a great city fell down. So your worship, your singing, your testimony, the things that you say have the ability to break walls. It has the ability to bring things down. The walls that stand before you, it has the ability to break them down. And so we see that also in, in, in Zechariah in chapter 4. So he said, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to, to Zerubbabel. He said, not by might nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He said, what are you, great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become leveled ground. Then he, he, will, bring, he will bring out the capstone to shout, to shout of God's bless, sorry, God bless it, God bless it. Your music has a way of breaking things down. Your worship bring down the strongholds in your life. Your worship will loosen the chains that are in your hands. We see that in the act of the apostles, that their chains were broken because they were singing and they were worshiping God. Your worship is your weapon. The weapon that the enemy does not understand. The weapon that the enemy cannot wrap his head around. Why do people sing in trouble? Why do you even worship God in this? 
Your worship will make people listen to you and draw near to God. And we see that also in the act in the act of the apostles that the prisoners were listening to these people. They were wondering what was happening there. And God is not asking you to be an excellent singer. He's not asking you to be somebody who is like one of the people in the choir. He's asking you to worship. It does not matter how your voice is. It does not matter whether you know how to sing uh, to the appealing of people or not. God is asking you to worship him, to sing to him. And in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, he said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony and they loved not their life unto the death they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies and throughout this week and weeks before we've been hearing that the power you have is in your tongue the power that you have to change situation is in your tongue and God has given you this you have to say something about your situation you have to sing to your situation. You have to say something about your situation. The thing that is happening right now in your life. You have the responsibility to say something about it. You have a responsibility to sing in the midst of trouble. You have a responsibility to say something about it. If not, they will not change. Nothing will really happen to them. So we see that these people were demanded. It was demanded. They sing us a song. I said, has the devil required of a song from you? Has he required song from you? Has the devil come to you and he has done many things? Or he has felt that he has won so many battles and he's asked you, could you sing a song? Because if they ask you, can you sing a song? They are they're trying to see if this person is totally defeated or not. He's trying to find out, do you still have anything in you? Is that something that you're, that is still inside of you? Do you have God inside of you? Can you say something to God? Can you declare something about your situation? Can you change what is happening to you? He said, the devil like the oppressors, like these people of Babylon. Have he required a song from you? And he might not tell you, I want you to sing. But your situation is daring you to sing. What is happening to you right now, the circumstance that you're in right now, what is happening around you, what is happening in your family and everything, is daring you to sing a song, is daring you to say something different, is daring you to, not to lament, is daring you to, sorry, is daring you to lament, is daring you to sing a song, is there something left in you? that your, your deliverance comes from your singing, from your, the things you say when you're in trouble. That is how you get delivered. That is how you get free from whatever circumstance you're coming in. What are you saying in the midst of it? Are you declaring the negativity upon yourself? Are you singing negativity upon yourself? Or are you declaring the word of the Lord? Are you singing in the midst of those things? Your deliverance lie on them. And so when the devil requires you to sing, he could be that your father has left and then he said, I'm daring you to sing. I'm daring you to say something about this thing. And I will tell you to rejoice, to sing in those situations. 
to declare the name of the Lord in those situations? Have your relationship broken down? Sing to the Lord. Has money not come into your hand? Sing to the Lord. Has your school not been going well? Sing to the Lord. Has your health not been going well? Sing to the Lord. The worship is your weapon. Is your weapon against every situation? Is a weapon against depression? Is a weapon against uh, the lack of money? Is a weapon against you not feeling love? Your worship, the loneliness that you feel, the, the isolation that you feel, your worship is a weapon against them. Is a, is, is, is a weapon against the oppression of the enemy. Because the enemy does not understand you when you sing. And if he does not understand you, it means that your situation will change. Your worship is your weapon against the devices of the enemy, against life in its totality. So I dare you to speak over yourself. I dare you to speak, to sing over your situation. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it would eat its fruit. See, those who love it. And I'm daring you to love the power that is in your tongue. It is able to change your situation. It is able to change everything that is in you. Because you carry something that the devil does not understand. And then the Matthew that we read earlier, I said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. Whatever you say, it is done. Whatever you say to your situation, it is done. Whatever you declare to what is going on in your life, it is done. If you keep quiet about it, you will continue to go through it. You will continue to get depressed. The enemy will keep oppressing you. He will keep on daring you. Sing a song for us. Sing a song for us. You used to be a worshiper. You were worshiping God. You were serving God. You were loving God. I know that about you. I know you can sing. I'm saying sing. Because he knows that he thinks that he has you in a point. He has you in a corner where you cannot go away. But your, wish, your worship is your weapon. Your mouth has the power to break every of those yoke. Your mouth has the power to break loose everything that you're going through. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever you say, it is done in heaven. When you speak, things change. When you begin to pick the word of the Lord and you begin to speak over your situation, begin to speak over the things that you're going through, situations, they begin to change. The mountains that are standing before you, they begin to move. They begin to be leveled because you're speaking the word of the Lord. You're speaking the counsel of the Lord upon your life. You're rejoicing in trouble. Things begin to fall in place. The things that were out of place, they begin to come back because you chose to worship, because you chose to, to serve God, you chose to sing to the Lord. And so we see these people, they, 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 they say, how can we sing? How can we sing in a foreign land? How can we sing when situations are not good? How can we sing when things are not? Are not? And this is what they say to themselves. They said, if I forget all Jerusalem, let my 
left hand forget the skill. Although they didn't sing, but they said something. If I forget Jerusalem, and like what I was saying initially, Jerusalem is a place. Is a place. Is this is their home? They saying, if I forget my home, if I forget the place that connects me to my Maker, if I forget the place that that is my religion center, if I place, if I forget a place of peace, he said, let my right hand lose his skill. And the question I would ask you, I, I would like to ask you, do you have a Jerusalem? Do you have a place of peace? Do you have a place where you go to worship? Do you have a place where you can call home? A place where you can go and your sin be forgiven? Because these people had a place. No matter what has happened to them that they are separated from where they are coming from, they had a place of worship. Do you have a place of worship? Are you connected to God? Is there something that connects you to your maker? Do you know Jesus? You know sometimes, sometimes we are, we are clouded by a lot of religious activity. Our parents are really not helping in those situations. They have taken you to church from when you were a child until now. And what you want to do is to run away from there. As, as much as you can. Once you just get a, a small chance, you want to leave there. And then maybe you come to, it's, it's, a, it's a familiar place for you. Something that is, is familiar. This is what we understand. We, we know how to sing. We know how to come to church. We know how to clap. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as he that has saved your life? Do you have a connector to God? Do you have the thing that reconciles you to God? Because this is a place where these people went. If they go to the temple, right? They go to that place and they go and their sins are, are, are covered. They go there and they sacrifice to God. They go there to worship God. Do you understand? Do you have a place where you go to worship God? Do you have a connection to your God? Because Jerusalem is their connection. Jerusalem is the place of their God. Jerusalem is a place where they understand that God is with us. Jerusalem is a place where they, they, they that's why they, they, the prophet will fall down and die. Because if he, he knows that the taking of the ark means that God is no longer with us. That is why the people are, are crying. Because the temple that they have always relied on, will always go here and God will forgive us, has been destroyed. They, the people of covenant, has been taken away from their land. We see these people are, are like very helpless in these situations. So the question I keep asking and I ask all of you is that do you know Jesus? Do you know a place of connection to God? And if you know a place of connection to God, do you have a place of worship? Do you have a place of worship? If, if you have a place of connection, if you're like these people that we know God, we understand something about God, oh, he has reconciled us to God. But do you worship God? Do you worship God? That's why the, the choir will keep on struggling. Say, okay, let's not stand up on our feet. You know, let's not sit down. Right? Because if you're somebody who you who is used to worship, there's nobody that the choir don't need to be doing anything. The whole place will be electric because you, it's something that you have been doing. It's something that you're used. This is your default setting. This is what you are used to doing. They will not cajole you, say, open your mouth and sing, open your mouth and pray, open your mouth and pray, open your mouth and pray. They're saying, they, they can only say that to people who don't know God. 
But people that know God are supposed to know that when they say let's pray, you nobody need to there's nobody that needs to do something extra. Maybe nobody needs to jump here, jump down, and then you have the person is passing some energy to you, and then you are catching the energy you are jumping to. No. If the person say pray, you will just start praying because it's a norm, it's a normal thing for you because you have a Jerusalem. You have a place where you go to draw strength. You have a place where you go to worship God. So if you don't have a place of worship, if you don't have a place where you go and you meet God, or you've very, been very inconsistent about that place, you used to go like you know when I when I when I'm when I'm in trouble, I go back and, and say God, I've come again. You know my father is sick, or maybe I, I'm broke these days. I need money, and then once that provision comes, you run away. Yes, when last did you do your devotions? Like, eh, I don't know. When last did you pray? Apart from what we're doing here, it's like I'm not sure. And so that's why the devil will come, and when he touches you, your default setting will hang. Will be that you know, let me hang this music because it's the thing that you do every Sunday and every Wednesday. But when you are in a place of worship daily a place of worship when the devil comes to your life he will not affect your worship you will come as though somebody who his life has nothing has happened to you we have heard of men of god who who have lost so many things and you see them preaching you see somebody who something greatly has happened to them but it has not taken away their worship they understand god in the midst of it they see god they see god in every of it so you need to develop a consistent place of worship a place where you go to worship. Because before now, these people, God will always tell Jeremiah, talk to these people, talk to these people. At some point, they will repent. At some point, they will not repent. At some point, they will feel good about their situation, and then they will lock him up. They will do so many things. Things like that. So, they were very inconsistent when it comes to the things of God. And the straw was that they were, they were just totally rebellious. So, you need to cultivate a place of worship. A place where you go to draw strength. So God has put Jerusalem within us. He has put something within us. And then we see that in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. So when the, now when the Pharisee has asked, sorry, when the Pharisee, now when he was asked by the Pharisee when the kingdom of God would come, he answered, and he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. See the kingdom of God. We don't we don't see it. We don't see it. We don't we don't look at it like this. No, we say see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within us. Do you, do you know what that means? It means that just like these people, the, the devil cannot do you like these people, right? Because them they have they they have lost hope. They have this this the place of worship is destroyed. Your place of your place that the thing that connects you to God. The covenant that you have with God is not the one that is a house that is broken down. It is within you. It is a thing that is within you. He said the kingdom of God is within us. God has created you to worship. God has created you to worship. See, that's, that's why the witch will not harm you. Because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. If not, if we remove you, if this place was, you know, this place you are connected, if we just remove you from here and go outside, automatically you are in trouble. 
But the kingdom of God is within you. And so we see David say, like somebody who, 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 even in his time, Christ has not come, but he's saying something powerful. Psalm 23 and verse 4. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He said, if I'm walking into trouble, if I'm walking past trouble, if I'm walking alongside trouble, he said, I will fear no evil. Because my Jerusalem is no longer a building. My Jerusalem is within me. I will fear no evil. He said, for you are with me. So there's nothing that a witch can do to you. There's nothing that a native doctor can do to you. There's nothing that the people of your village can do to you. Because the kingdom of God is within you. And is with you. And then we see also in Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8. He said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So God is with you. God is with you. So I want you to tell somebody, don't forget your Jerusalem. Don't forget your Jerusalem. Because your Jerusalem is your place of identity. It's a place that you find your identity. It's a place where you are reminded daily of your identity. It's a place where you are reminded of who you are in God. It's a place where you go and you are re- you, there's, there's strength to continue. There's grace to sing. There's grace to worship. The Jerusalem is a place of worship. It's a place where you go to worship. It is your city of peace. It is a place where you, are, you have peace within you. It is the epicenter of your life. It is the thing that that your life is, is revolved or your life is revolved around it. It's the thing that enables you to shine as light. And then they said, if I don't remember you, let my tongue cling to the uh, roof of my mouth. If I don't exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. They're thinking about a city. But the city is within you. Your Jerusalem is more important than any other place. Your place of worship is more important than any other place. If the devil dares you to sing, you sing. Because that is what your weapon is. Praise God. Let's pray. Father Lord, we bless your name. We thank you because your word is powerful. Thank you because you you will always encourage us you always strengthen us thank you for what we have had we ask so god that you give us more understanding to wait in the mighty name of jesus in the same light let's just continue in this same light because there's there's this next few minutes this concern this burden i felt let's rise to our feet let's just rise I mean, in, in the midst of this this powerful word, if somebody can just be on the keyboard. Let's just sing this song together and pray. <laughs>